one of the barriers to joy, I think sometimes is not being able to be in a place where you 100% trust God. And it's in those moments where we learn to be anxious for nothing, as Paul says, or we learn to, to trust God with everything for our lives. When we've learned to get to that place, that's where joy comes from. We, it's really hard for us to have joy if we're worried all the time. And um, today we're going to talk about how to lean into and, and take, take that as a goal, um, that place of trust in God in all circumstances. I'm going to share a testimony from my own life of when God did something incredible that still to this day helps me understand his faithfulness as a good, good father. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. You guys, my Bible study is back in stock, so if you have been waiting on one, they are in the Etsy store right now, and then eventually, hopefully by the end of this week, will be in my new website and resource page on the website. So I only have a limited number available. There's more on the way, but if you were waiting on one, they're there, and I thank you so much for your patience, and hopefully that problem with the um, the supply and demand will not happen again because we have lots and lots and lots on order to be printed. Thank you again so much for your support and your encouragement and the way that you guys continue to lean into this um, way of studying the Bible and studying scriptures so that you can hear God more clearly. I pray that this study continues to be a blessing to you. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're actually going to finish up our conversation around celebration and joy as a spiritual discipline. And tomorrow we're going to go through just a reminder summary of all of the disciplines that we talked about during this series. And so I want to start off by talking about um, celebration in terms of ways that we can experience joy in our daily lives. And I think this is something we see in the scriptures. Um, you know, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This idea of celebration and joy is something that we see over and over again. And so how, how do we do that? Realistically, Paul says, have no anxiety about anything. Or the King James Version even says, be careful for nothing. And so that's almost like this negative side of rejoicing. But the positive side is in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So the result is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. The peace of God, which passes understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so Paul instructs us on always being in this, this mentality of rejoicing. And his 
counsel really is for us to be full of care, quote unquote, for nothing. So Jesus, of course, you know, does give us the same advice when he says, do not be anxious about your life. This is in Matthew six twenty five. what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. And so really in both of those instances, the same word is used and it's the word that we translate to um, anxious or careful. And so Christians are called to be free of care, but we have the, uh, such a hard time with understanding that concept. And we've kind of been trained since we were real little to kind of be careful. And, you know, we tell our kids, you know, be careful. I, I say, even to my college student that I dropped off, make good choices. Like we're always talking about being careful and being wise, and especially in the day and age that we live in. But yet, a spirit of celebration or a spirit of joy will kind of not permeate us until we've learned to be careful for nothing in Christ. And and so it, there's a difference here, and it's kind of difficult to understand, but really what it boils down to is trust. It's trusting God's ability to provide for our needs. And so that's why the Jubilee in the Old Testament was such a crucial celebration in the Old Testament, because it was really, um, it was really honestly evident that, that nobody in that culture would dare celebrate Jubilee unless they had a deep trust in God's ability to provide for their needs. And that's the place that we want to get to as well. And so when we trust God and we are free to rely just entirely upon him, um, the result of that is joy. And I'll tell you, um, there, I often said, this was years ago. I often said, um, if I ever wrote a book, it was going to be called God cares about your asphalt. Um, because, and this was years ago, I, there was a season in my life where, um, I came from a lot of brokenness and part of that brokenness was poverty really. And even though I owned my own business, I worked on average for the first five years. I owned a daycare. I, I worked conservatively about 80 hours a week. I did all the teaching, all the cooking. I, I prepared meals for the kids, um, pre actual preschool classes, all of that. So all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the teaching, all the curriculum prep, all the paperwork, all the administrative stuff, all of it. And so I would, I was open for 12 hours a day. I opened and closed. I would be with the kids all day. And then I would do all the paperwork in the evening. This was very early on in my life, um, before I had kids actually. And, and I worked as much as I could possibly work trying to get that thing off the ground. And we had a parking lot. It was an older building that we had bought because we were growing and I bought this building and in the parking lot, there was kind of uh, like a, like a small pothole, I guess you could say. And I didn't know enough about parking lots at the time. Prior to that, I had only rented space. And so I didn't know enough about parking lots at the time that, that you need to deal with that kind of stuff right away or it just gets worse. And it was right in front of the building and it kind of was um, a, a right like in the way of where the parents would come into the building. And so over the winter, and we have some pretty harsh winters here in Pennsylvania with plow trucks and everything else, all the, all the traffic in and out of there, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, I got a quote on fixing the asphalt and it was over $5,000. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't have $5,000. I had 12 staff at the time that I was working, just paying the Social Security and Medicare and all the things it takes, insurances and all those things. I was lucky 
I think the one year I made negative three dollars an hour. If you consider all the hours that I worked and what I actually made, it was negative three dollars an hour. And I understand that that's part of starting your own business, but um, it was it was a difficult season. And so I remember looking at this this five thousand dollar bill, and that was just to patch the hole. That wasn't like to do the whole section or anything. Um, which I don't know if that was a good price or not. I'm just saying it was way more than I had. And I had this office, uh, whiteboard that I could stare at all day long. And I put the whiteboard up and my decision was to put things on there that I could not handle on my own. I, I put it on there and I would pray about things. And so I just wrote the word asphalt on that board because, I didn't know what to do about it. It was obviously a problem. It was affecting like some parents, like the one parent, they even got stuck in there and we had to have the other parents, um, push their car out. I, I could have, I guess, put a traffic cone up. I didn't think about that, but I probably couldn't even have afforded the traffic cone if I'm honest. But anyway, I just, I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't really, I hadn't been in business long enough to get a loan. And even still, the payment for the loan would have been overwhelming. And so I I just put it up there and I started praying about this. And I said, Lord, you have given me direction to open this daycare, this Christian preschool, to teach these kids. And um, I'm going to trust you with this. I don't know what to do about it. And I sincerely am going to trust you with it. And so I put it on that board. It was about two weeks. And I prayed about it every day. And maybe it was longer. But anyway, there was a knock at the door one day. It was during nap time. And this really shady looking guy covered in grease is knocking on my front door waking all the kids up and I'm irritated and kind of worried like what the heck is going on and so I open the door and this guy says to me hey I'm from uh so-and-so paving company and worker working down the road and we have this extra asphalt and we were wondering if we could dump it we have to dump it somewhere can we dump it here in in this hole here that you have in in your front parking lot and I just stared at him. And I, I don't even know what I said. I somehow muttered yes. But I was like, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, when they bring in those big trucks, he, he, he dumped it in. He put the, I call it a seam roller. I don't know if that's really what it is. He put the seam roller over it. And within a couple minutes, it was done. It was taken care of. The hole was completely filled in. Completely brand new. And he even went a little bit further and smoothed it out into the rest of the parking lot. And then he left. And I went into my office and I saw that word asphalt on my prayer board and I just started to weep. I I wept first and then I rejoiced. Then I had joy. I was completely filled with joy. And of course the, um, the kids were waking up from nap time. The staff were amazed because they knew, they knew about this problem. They knew I had been bringing about it. And we all just rejoiced over the goodness of God and how random quote unquote random that was. But yet we have a father that cares about all of these needs. And we have a God that sees our need like he knew that need would be met in that way. But in that two weeks, I learned something about him. I learned how to depend on him. And through that situation, I've learned how to have this spirit of carefree celebration. I've learned to trust him. And in crazy ways, 
um, that wouldn't seem to make sense. Like you couldn't randomly predict that somebody was going to just come have extra asphalt one day. Like what? Like, <laughs> you know, I, and that's never happened since of course. And, and I don't even know, maybe that happens to other people, but, but to me, it was just such a clear example of God as a good father answering the prayers of his child. And so my encouragement for you is that when you start leaning into that, you know, it doesn't necessarily happen where we just overnight automatically trust God. Um, it sometimes starts with the little things where we commit to trusting God in a certain area. And then we see God's obedience, or I'm sorry, God's faithfulness, our obedience, God's faithfulness in that situation. And then as we lean into um, trusting him and we see his faithfulness, that becomes almost like a stepping stone that helps us get a little bit farther down that path where we can look back and see all of these times in our lives where God has been faithful and it helps us to trust him in how he is faithful in the future parts of our lives. And so we get to this place where we eventually understand that we don't have to worry about some of that stuff. Like, and I'm not saying not to be responsible. Of course, be responsible. I was being responsible. However, sometimes there are things that are out of our control. And even when we are pursuing God's will and agenda and plan for our lives, there are still bumps in the road. And I believe that those are opportunities to prove God's faithfulness. I, I always like to say, and I don't know where I got it from. I've been saying this since I was a teenager. I probably heard somebody teach on it. But it's this phrase that, um, trials or these obstacles are not our enemies. They're not enemies of faith. Instead, they're opportunities to prove God's faithfulness. And and that's really what leads us to being able to lean into this lifestyle of joy. Joy comes from a place of trusting God, of, like we talked about yesterday, being obedient to God, of focusing on the things that he has done for us in a way that it overshadows any of the anxiety or concerns that we have in this world. So that's my prayer for you, friends, that um, joy would be a natural consequence of the real and honest and true and tangible interactions between you and the Holy Spirit in your life. Lord God, thank you for these infusions of joy and these stepping stones of your faithfulness that help lead us to a place of trusting you wholeheartedly. And Lord, help us to lean into that, that as we trust you wholeheartedly, we would experience that side effect of joy. We would experience what it means to be full of a hundred percent trust that we would not, ha we would be careless in the sense that we would be carefree, that we would not be worrying about the things that we can't control, but that we would recognize you the way that we would even recognize an earthly good father that you've got us you've, you're faithful that you've got it figured out that your timing's on our timing but that we can trust you in all things god i thank you for the way that you have unfolded um, aspects of your character and nature throughout the series and i pray that you would continue to draw my friends into this place of seeking joy through their obedience to you in jesus name amen Hey friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. 
don't worry, I will be writing more studies. But in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women in the study, but really for you to have a, a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the scripture from the the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the colors that we have designated in the study, those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the, in the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that. And they're small. You can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four gospels like that. And so that, that one is done by Hosanna Revival and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them, just the aesthetic of them. They make me feel really special when I'm working in them. And so that's all four of the Gospels. And that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set. And then the third option, and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for, is we have journaling Bibles. And so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted, and then also the leather bound. And what I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me. My Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hears Bible study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.